What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. The views and the opinions expressed are those of your host and our guest. Today, we're sitting down with my brother, Nate Harpster. He was on the podcast with us back in episode 12, so if you want to hear more from him, scroll on back to episode 12. But today, we get caught up. We're talking about health and wellness and things we can do to improve our bodies, our minds, and our souls. So without further ado, Nate Harpster, check it out. Um, kind of birthed a couple and we had one that was a, a failure to thrive deal. So I've actually milked an alpaca. Yeah? Yeah. What's that like? I don't know. I mean, it's like milking uh, a cow, <laughs> I guess, with this, with the little smaller udder or teat, whatever you call it. Yeah. But yeah, it went nurse. So, so we had to get... Um, some milk out and kind of bottle feed this thing and then eventually transition it back to mama it was it was kind of crazy and now we have we have that one at our house now well hey i mean if you're gonna be a farm owner you gotta do farm farm stuff yeah yeah (laughs) so we think we got a pregnant one and uh oh wow yeah it's it's interesting we got a new lamb for my daughter and that was sick this weekend went to a lamb show in douglas and came uh, back and did you say a lamb show yeah sailor show it's I think like that's stuff. even a thing oh totally with um ff she's an ffa okay so we buy a lamb or she bought a lamb from her winnings from last year cool. and then um yeah go to these shows all over the state and as it gets bigger um you know you kind of they're all like prep shows but you can win money and place and be you know, champion of that show and get some accolades and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I imagine you think about the amount of learning that she's doing, participating in she's that. She's actually an officer in the FFA at her, um, at High, <clears throat> excuse me, at Highland. She's the Sentinel. Oh, she goes to Highland High School? Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah. But stupid little factoid, but my wife did her student teaching uh, way back in the day at Highland High School. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, so I mean, cool. yeah, that's where she's at and she loves it. She's... She loves the animals, so nice. It's, uh, par for the course at our house. Nice. Well, I, I should probably introduce the the episode. So uh, I'm sitting. So for those of you listening, we've already started recording. Obviously, but I'm sitting with Nate Harpster, um, uh, famous. I'm trying to figure out. I'm looking on my phone here, trying to figure out what episode uh, number. Oh, it was way back. Yeah. Do you remember what episode number it was? No. No, nope. okay. I remember it was at my house at the farm. <laughs> yes, it was. I met your alpacas. You did. Oh, my heavens. Well, yeah, yeah it was back. Know this. Look way back. Look in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes, there but right go. now I can't find it. <laughs> it's in the show notes, Perfect. folks. Nate, if you want to know a little bit more about Nate and about the family farm, uh, some more details, uh, episode, what, what, whatever, see the show notes. It's in there. Yeah. Go check out Harpster Farm on Instagram. You can yes. see the farm. I'm not su- I haven't, uh, you know. Full disclosure, I've been slacking a little bit on that one. What but does that mean? Oh, on the on the page? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been posting as much. My wife's been like, hey, let's go. Yeah. But you got to My understanding is that if you want social media to be robust, you have to be posting you do. regularly. You definitely do. I, I think, I think yeah. you see that in the fire service now. It it was kind of a, um, what's the word? It was not so accepted a few freaking months ago. Uh, I mean, you know, it seems like, and then all of a sudden, real, lately I've seen a huge flood of social media. It's almost like someone went, you know what, this is a great way to reach out to people, show them what we're doing. And ha- and the, as long as you're doing it in a positive way, right? Um, letting the, the public see that, hey, we just don't sit around and wait for a call. We're actually doing stuff all day long, you know, we're not going just sitting at the you know, the boys club and, you know, playing ping pong and yeah, whatnot. Sometimes we're doing dances on TikTok. Sometimes I have done that. <laughs> not not on TikTok, but I've done a, I've done a little dance on the IG. But uh, yeah, you know. Right. Well, hey, every, every industry, there is a little bit of downtime. And when you're mm-hmm. at a workspace for 24 hours at a, at a pump, at least, right? Some folks are there longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have some downtime where you need to do a little recreation. It's good for your mind, body, totally. and soul. Yeah, you right. have to get out of that that space, you know. Yeah. And but I but I do understand why people are afraid of that. 
right? right. Because you're putting imagery out there. Like it, it looks like you're not doing anything. Right. Because you're not taking the camera with you and doing, you know, you're not filming on calls necessarily. Right. Um, you, yeah. you, know, you might be, but you're mm-hmm. running all kinds of incidents, doing all kinds of work that goes unrecorded. Mm-hmm. So people, the image that people take away with them is that you sit around the firehouse right. making up TikToks. Right. And I think that's pretty important for anybody that's on or coming on. It's, you know, and I'm certainly guilty of it. You know, I've, I've done some buffoonery um, on my social media, but the general, um, the general message on my page is fitness is, um, showing what we do, uh, at the station. Um, like I'll video sometimes on the way to a call, just set my phone up and mm-hmm. on the way to a call, mm-hmm. um, you know, catch a little bit of the fire, catch a little bit of the radio traffic, mm-hmm. um, you know, just little things that, that kind of show the 24 hour life of, yeah. of of what we do and i think and again i think it's important like even if it's just washing the truck at the grocery store um, checking out like all these different little things there's a little and, and it's not just a picture if you if you can get people engaged and read a little bit or yeah. have something there that is of value i think it'd be a pretty powerful tool yeah well, absolutely. I think there's so much about what we do that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so when we can share a little bit about it and, you know, some positive messaging yeah. and make it enjoyable. I think it was Ashley Losh who, who was on here mm-hmm. a few episodes back who was talking about the, the the showing people, you're building an audience, yes, right? So you're showing people the fun stuff. You're getting them attracted to the page by being a little bit silly, a little bit funny mm-hmm. and entertaining. Um, and that once you have that audience now, when you bring a real message to the table, you already have their attention. Definitely. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And you know, mm-hmm. the amount of content you're trying to, you're fighting for bandwidth in people's lives, right? And, oh yeah. So you gotta be putting out a lot of content. And so, yeah. Um, in order to get that, that time when you start pushing out a message. So, you know, so speaking of which a lot of your, let's talk specifically about some of the stuff that you're doing. Cause a lot of cool. the, I think back to fire ground fitness's initial dabbles way back in 07 um that was my objective was to start pushing out fitness information right Mm -hmm. here's us working out in the firehouse here's something you can do in your firehouse with limited equipment with access and i feel like people have really not because of me but because of just the the social media and and what firefighters are doing across the country have bit into that right and are, are doing skills courses and are doing activities that are uh work specific right yep. directed toward work hardening mm-hmm. and um and that's something that you know you've been doing a lot of too and commingled with a couple of injuries you've had and i want to talk about that a little bit because there's a mindset that you have to have in order to survive injuries in a healthy way oh yeah oh 100 yeah i think um ryan anderson um he had a, he he told me this. I was doing a breathwork session at his place, and and you know he said injury is a great teacher. And I'm like, dang it, you know what? You're right, man. Like each time I've I've had a small injury. Um, well, I should say, especially this last time with my shoulder injury, I really kind of dove deep into how can I make this a positive experience. Cause it's a longer injury, you know, How did you six hurt months, uh, initially bench pressing. Yeah. Um, and I warmed up, I was just doing high reps and felt a little give out in my shoulder, ended up stopping, went, had it looked at, um, at our health center and then, um, was throwing ladders at the academy mm. and, uh, felt it give out and I'm like, dang it. I knew something was up. I had the MRI done and yeah, had a tear in the rotator cuff. So they ended up actually putting, I think four anchors in and then a mesh over top of those. Mm. Cause the doc was like, it's a mess. We need to. Interestingly. So do you think that maybe you had heard it earlier? Why was it such a mess? I, yeah. I think the wear and tear on, on our bodies in general, um, in the fire service is that is, um, you know, we get microdosed all the time with all these things, um, pulling ceiling, especially in the academy, pull, like pulling ceiling through plywood and that, you yeah, know, no prop. warm up. I mean, that can start tearing you up. And just over time, I think you start degrading 
um, I think we underestimate the amount of overhead work that we do. Yeah. Uh, even reaching up with our bottles on, um, throwing yeah. bottles behind us, yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah, there's a lot that you think about the capsule, the shoulder capsule, mm-hmm. um, and that acromium in that space. It's a very small space. Right. The 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 um, margins in there are tiny, mm-hmm. and so when you put an SCBA on your back and you wear a turnout coat, mm-hmm. it, it restricts that shoulder. And then when you bring your arms up, you're creating uh, tension in that space and yeah. compression in that joint. So it, it stands to reason, especially when you're taking a pike pole and you're thrusting it up into a ceiling, right. like even in a, let's think a house fire and somebody's laid plywood up in there and you, you run your pike pole into heavy plywood with, with a bunch of stuff on top of it yeah. or lath and plaster lath or something like that, a killer, that yeah. puts a, a tremendous load back into a shock load back into the shoulder joints mm-hmm. and, uh, in your whole body, it can be quite uh, it can shock your whole system. <laughs> oh, totally. And I'm not a big guy. I mean, I, I shoot, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really reliant on, on my physical fitness on just doing whatever I can when I'm pulling ceiling. Sometimes I'm putting everything I have into it, pulling down, you know, right, and, right. uh, using some of the extra weight from my pack and everything to my advantage. <laughs> Hanging on that pike pole. <laughs> hey, I can't say it hasn't happened. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, but, um, yeah, so so through this past injury, um, I've really kind of dove deep in how, how can I make this a, a positive experience. Um, and, and I think that's super important mindset to have when guys get injured. I mean, I'm like uh, anybody else. I think when you truly love the job, you want to be back on the truck as fast as possible. But you have the di- dichotomy of, hey, getting back fast and getting back well. And I want to be back well. And in that time, what am I going to do? To, I'm going to focus my energy on, yeah, getting myself better um, physically, but that being gone mentally is, is wearing, um, you know. So what else can I focus on? And um, this one in particular, you know, I kind of dove into the cold plunge, um, into the sauna, um, breath work, um, some other uh uh, ventures that I decided to uh, partake in, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about down the road. Yeah. But um, well, was all of your pre- was your premise just to was all the the mental health aspect of it, or were yeah. you looking at the physiological benefits of like like cold plunge, for yeah. example, and breath work? Kind of that whole 360 yeah. uh, approach, because I don't think you can necessarily look at cold plunge, meditation, uh, sauna, and just say it's it just has a, a physical benefit. Um, you can't look at it and just say it has a mental benefit. It's It has both. Um, it opens a lot of doors um, physically for you. You can heal faster. Um, and also, you know, you get some time in your own head. And uh, that can be scary. But that is, uh, <laughs> no, I think it's huge. And, and, and what it's taught me to do is kind of, hey, slow down a little bit. And... Mm. Um, take some time for yourself. You know, I think we get so busy every day, um, in our jobs, like, you know, working overtime, like what's next, what's next, what's next instead of, Hey, let's just be in the moment for a minute here. You know, I've been trying to add meditation into Mm -hmm. my life and, uh, and yoga. And and one of the things that one of the positions in yoga is the, at the very end, you, basically lay on your back in the corpse pose, just flat on your back, yeah. let your arms and feet hang out and just relax and lay there. And I'm, I'm following a YouTube lady the other yeah. day, uh, a yogi. And she's like, some people think this is the hardest pose in yoga. And I'm like, yeah, how could it be the hardest pose? You're just laying here completely still. And then she says, because you feel like you're wasting your time. Like, yes. like you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to sit when life is so, busy and full of things that we need to get done. I'm throwing up air quotes here that need to be done that we're hurtling around trying to get stuff accomplished. And the, the act of sitting still becomes, so I want to say irritating, but it's so challenging and difficult to do. Um, and setting aside a time for that quiet in contemplation or just stillness or nothingness, uh, is very restorative but super hard to do. It is. It's real hard to do. Um, 
you know, and I definitely struggle with it. Um, you're sitting there and your mind wants to go to the next thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's just ingrained in us forever, you know, yeah. uh, that, that we just need to be thinking about what's next, what's next. And there's a space in there in, in that, in your mind that is longing to not think about anything. And I think there's a lot of stuff you can find out about yourself in that space, you mm-hmm. know, and that's why I like the cold plunge so much. Um, like cold plunge, um, is you, you get in there. Mine, mine is pretty much set right around 38 degrees. It just depends. Someday it's colder depending on the weather outside. Um, but that's still plenty cold. I mean, I had ice in it the other day. So when you, a couple things, when you think about getting in there, your mind is telling you no, you know? So when, for me in the morning, when number one is just getting in because your, your mind and your body doesn't want to get in there because it knows for those first few minutes are miserable. So you, you push past that barrier of, I don't care what my mind thinks I'm doing this. So that to me is, is a super important aspect of cold plunge in general. And then once you're in there, you have to work on your breath. You have to kind of just push everything out because your body is screaming to get out pretty much. You know, it's like, it's not natural, at least for us in the, in our current state of comfort, continuous comfort. It's not natural to sit in there. Right. And all you can think about is just working on your breath, getting your, it regulated down to a slow rate. And there's, there's the point that you go from that, you know, that takes your, it takes, yeah, not necessarily panic, but it's just taking your, your breath away to where you transition into this like super calm breathing cycle. And that right there is kind of like a beautiful part of that whole experience because you just, you, you just, you have this transition, uh, paradigm shift in, in, in your probably physiology as well, where your, your heart rates up, 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 and then boom, it starts to come on down and you just get into a meditative state. And I got to tell you, I don't think about anything else in that cold plunge, except for just my breath, close my eyes and just get into my own mind. That's the only thing I can think of. And I think the cold is a great way to, to do that. Interesting. The, the, well, you're so hyper-focused on the current moment, mm-hmm. right? Which is such a, a, an important thing, right? To be present mm-hmm. and mindful of where you are right now in the given moment. Um, that's a tremendous exercise in and of itself. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cause we have a tendency to long for the past and to worry about the future. Right. And, but yet you're in a moment. Totally. Right? Be present with the people around you and yourself. That takes practice. And I, I do want to give everyone and myself included a little grace, right? When you talk about trying to meditate and how hard it is to focus on nothing, right? Or to focus on just your breath, um, you know, while with thoughts come pummeling in and, and work their way into your, into your vision, into your mind, um, that's the practice. Yeah. Right. That's the hard work. That's why it's called the practice. Exactly. You, no one sits there the first time and, and has a transformative experience and is like, well, man, I'm, yeah, I'm now this great, you know, yogi or, you know, like Yoda of whatever, you know, I mean, it's, right. it takes time. And right. I, and, and I think, I think that translates into anything. Like things take time, like mm. have some patience. Um, if your goal is to, you know, meditate every morning, um, it's okay if you slip up and get knocked out of that meditative state and start thinking about something else. Like, okay, go back in. It's okay if you miss a day. Like, um, fitness wise, like you just gotta, you, you gotta stay the course. I think it was Jocko always says, stay the course, you know, stay the course. I tell people, no matter what your goal is, I, I kind of relate it to fitness a lot, but um, it's not like the first 
drop of sweat or the second or even the third that that you see change Mm -hmm. you know it's it's all those cumulative drops in in that bucket the bucket's overflowing can't take one more drop that's where you see that's where you realize change it takes freaking time so give yourself some grace yeah and don't give up it might be four months it might be a year and then finally you're like whoa check this out you know Mm -hmm. but that process is a beautiful thing and you learn a lot about yourself in that process yeah it's it's interesting the building the habit of doing things like that right is the 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 consistency is what's important and so uh, i think getting that habit to be repeated you have to change your mindset um where for example like someone who is going to do like, I want to try doing cold plunges. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try this thing. Um, and so if you want this to become habitual, you have to be, you have to say to yourself, I'm a person who does cold plunges. Like, totally. Atomic that's, habits. That's, that's who I am. That's the book atomic habits right there. Yep. I mean, I, I'm just, um, uh, listening to it in audible. And I, in fact, on the way here and, and that is totally it. They were talking about a, uh, two people that, um, were smokers. And one person says, I'm trying to quit. The other one says, I'm not a smoker. It's a total, it's a mind game. Right. But you start making that decision, right. that drives you towards your goal. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's funny when, you, when we think about the, you said mind game. To me, the game is that we're playing this this aspect that we're, we're going to wrestle with it. But to me, my, the mind is so powerful. Um, don't play a game with it. Yeah. Be who you want to be, right? Right, and and have a clear vision for who you want to be, mm-hmm. and I think you know it takes time to arrive at that, and until you decide what you want for yourself, until you have that honest conversation with who you are and what you want, right, you're not going to be able to build those habits. No, you know it takes a deliberate focus and practice and say, no, this is what I want. This is who I am. Totally, and and you have to have a why, right? Um, you you can't. No matter where you are in life, I don't, I don't think you can you can't spell out your own story without a why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it you have to have a driving force that really bites you, that really um, moves you, because otherwise you won't you won't do it. You're you're just you're fall prey to what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. You're fall prey to distraction. Um, you, that, that why is like, it, it, it's, and I, and I said this in my, uh, speech at, uh, the X endurance summit, I said that why is the hottest and longest burning fuel you will ever have. No one can take it from you. <clears throat> no one can put it out. That's it. Yeah. I, I think of it in terms of purpose. Sure. Purpose. You know? Yeah. Right. Purpose versus motivation. So I can watch a Rocky Balboa movie. Right. And get you know, pumped. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I'm like, yeah. And yeah. that gets me fired up. Right. But motivation is fleeting. Totally. When things get hard and now it's uncomfortable. If I'm not a person who tackles hard things. Right. And now it's getting uncomfortable, I'm going to fall apart. Right. right. And my, my commitment to X is going to fall away. Unless I think about it in terms of what is my greater purpose here? You know, I'm a purpose. I'm a person who gets up and goes to the gym. Yep. Why? Because... I want to maintain uh, a robust capacity on the fire ground, right? Absolutely. Or yeah. I want to be able to crawl around on the ground with my grandkids, or I want That's to be it. able to, you know, whatever it is, That's right? It. Like, yeah. what is your purpose? And then you hang your behaviors on that purpose, right? Here's why we do these things. Yeah. And that's so much more sustainable than just saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of bed in the morning and, and go to the gym. Like I look at so take the Jocko example, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, um, five a.m. I just go. Yeah, I just do it. There's not a question, right? But like, he, I think he has a purpose. When you when you listen to him, mm-hmm. like he thinks, uh, he's he's still locked in, uh, rightfully so, to that Navy SEAL, that enemy. Like there's somebody else up preparing to to do me harm. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna beat that person to the punch. Right. That's his mind. That's his purpose. Right. You know. But do you think there's ever a question where he's like, "Ah, should I work out today?" I'm sure uh, he's human, right. right? But I think, but my point is, is that I don't think there's that question for him anymore. He might be like, "Well, oh, today's going to." But suck. that's the win, and that's what I'm talking about in right. in getting in that cold plunge when you don't want to. Right. That, that's your win right there for the 
that's if yeah. that's the only thing you win for the day, then freaking good on you, man. Right. Like you don't want to you don't want to work out, but you go and you grind out anyways. Right. That is a win. I don't care if you go and you do ten push ups, you've done something. You've yeah. made yourself do something. Yeah. That is that is a win. So people who think, Well, I didn't do enough today, like and, and they're in their at whatever point they are in their journey. That is a win. They need to look at that and say, shit, yeah, man, that was a tough day, but I did something. Yeah. Because they're going to compound that the next time. And uh, and I think it's important. It's discipline. Jocko talks all about discipline. Discipline right. is freedom, uh, equals freedom, you know. And um, I forget, I think it's Tony, someone says, like, there's, there's uh, anything you do comes with s- some sort of, of weight to it, right? So you got the, the weight of discipline and the weight of regret. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was to say discipline is is ounces and regret is tons. Like, which one do you want to live with? You know, for me, I I don't want regret. You never want to look back and go, I should have, you know, or what would have right. happened. Yeah. Um. That's, and and I've and I've done that plenty of times where you look back like six months ago, man. If I would just stuck to this. Mm-hmm. I'd be here now <laughs> and now I'm not, I got to start over. Like, it's like, I just wasted some time. Yeah. You know, I think the, the, the challenge is to not let that stop us. True. Right. Cause yeah. so many times we're like, well, I would be in better shape now if I had just started working out six months ago, but right. I didn't. And so here I am. Well, now I guess I'm going to be, you know, a fat toad. Nope. Yeah. You got to use that as a lesson and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's cliche, but true. I mean, failure is is a great teacher mm-hmm. when you when you and if you don't um take it as a lesson then you are, you're just totally missing out on on a great catalyst for any sort of change in your life yeah you, and, and if you're afraid to fail yeah you're totally missing out things do not have to be perfect you cannot you know strive for perfection in in everything it just doesn't happen yeah I think that's a very important thing to remember is that the overwhelming majority of, of successful people have, have have had strings of failures. Mm-hmm. And the the thing they share in common is the willingness to get back to the drawing board, yeah. to start over, to re-engage, and not let the failure define them, but recognize that there's that's an opportunity to, to learn, like mm-hmm. we talked about, and to, to grow from that event. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I think about my own life, that's every time I've had a, uh, a failure or a perceived failure, mm-hmm. right? An opportunity that wasn't granted me for whatever reason. Um, when I reflected on that years later, uh, things always grew out of those opportunities or grew out of those, uh, well, I call them opportunities, but out of those tragedies, yeah. right? Out of those difficulties. I think that's important what you said. You said opportunities. You, mm-hmm. you, you associated a failure with an opportunity mm-hmm. and it is, it totally is. I mean, that, that was my story with getting on the Phoenix fire department. I mean, I, you know, we talked, we touched on this before on our last podcast, but you know, I lived in Buffalo flying back and forth. I went through a couple processes flying back and forth and obviously failed. So I could have just packed it up and sat there and said, well, it's not for me. You know, but, but you got to get out of Buffalo. <laughs> I got to get out of Buffalo. No, I love Buffalo. <laughs> Shout out to Bill's Mafia. I love, I love Buffalo, but it, it, it was, I wasn't going to give up. And, and what I learned in that process was, I don't think I can do this from here. Hmm. You know, I've gone back and forth. I'm not making the connections I need to. Um, I sat back and, and got perspective on the whole thing and said, I need to move there and I need to go all in and uh, I need to take a a bigger risk and, and have at it. And that's, you know, what happens had had I just said, well, yeah, failed a couple of times. That's it. Yeah. Who knows what the heck I'd be doing now? Yeah. Well, the one thing, so the one thing I want to say though, to everybody listening and, and is that it's okay to be disappointed. Yeah. Right. Cause failure hurts. Cause mm-hmm. you put, you put energy into it. Um, but at the same time, what, give yourself a little bit of time to, to let the sting wear off mm-hmm. and then 
be self aware enough and be honest with yourself, right? Yeah. What's it? Who is it who said to thine own self be true? Says Shakespeare. Who said that? Shoot, you got me, man. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> some philosopher said yeah. to thine own self be true, right? Now it's so ignorant. <laughs> hey, I, no judgment. So, uh, but but that resonates in my mind, right? If you're not honest with yourself. Um, about your performance and and sitting back and really reassessing. And I'm thinking about promotional processes, uh, events, you know, uh, bike races, whatever it is that you've done in your life right. where you've had in a moment where you did not like the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back and reconsider what it was that you brought to the table. Were yeah. you fully present? Were you fully engaged? Were you fully prepared? Totally. You know, did you bring everything you needed to the table? Yeah. And if you're not honest about that, you're never going to progress. Oh, I 100% agree. There's the that, uh, it's in all a ton of stories. I'm sure everybody's heard it, but you, know, you cannot, what is it? You cannot be disappointed with the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do, whatever <laughs> yes. it is. Yes, I love that. Like That's that. exactly right. I mean, uh, it totally makes sense. And I've used yeah. that on my kids. Yeah. You know, I've uh, used it in my own life, yeah. you know, and absolutely it, that pain you, yeah, take it and then learn from it and be honest with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, that's part of the lesson. So I'm going to switch gears in here. Switch. So I'm going to go Let's back. Go. We talked about, you mentioned breath work Yeah. and are, do you, are you following kind of a Wim Hof method or what so, are you doing? Yeah. You know, and I'm uh, honest. I, I don't, every day do Wim Hof. Um, I kind of, but what my morning routine has been is the cold plunge, come out, uh, get my feet in the grass a little bit, get a little bit of vitamin D on the skin. I don't dry off. Um, I just stand there and, uh, and do just some movement and breath work. Um, a little bit of yoga stuff. When you say movement and breath work, what does that look like in combination? Um, so just kind of like yoga movements. Okay. Just kind of, you know, just oh. move, move with your breath. Okay. Um, okay. And then um, a few times a week, I will do Wim Hof breathing. Um, and that is, that's one of those things too. Like sometimes I don't want to do that, but I feel so good after. Mm-hmm. It is such a, mm-hmm. um, a cool experience. And to me, there's a little bit of that competitive edge to it. And I don't know if, if that's a good thing or not, but <laughs> to see if how long I can hold my breath with, well, I guess not hold your breath. It's a retention with no air. Right. Um, so I, you know, you have, you have a little kind of scorecard, I guess, uh, that, that I, I try to get to. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, I th- and I implore anybody to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I have dabbled with it on and off over the last few years. And when I'm serious about it and I, and I go through a full session, yeah. Uh, with fidelity, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is phenomenal. It feels good. Totally. I sleep better. Yes. I perform better. Like I'll do it in the. Sometimes I'll do it in the morning before my day starts. Yeah, and then I go through the day it's and I feel. Primer. I just feel great. Yeah. And then um, doing it before I go to bed, mm-hmm. same thing. I fall right to sleep. Yeah, you know, like it's it's. Well, amazing. I think I think it, and I don't know the physiology behind it all. Um, probably not the right person to talk on that point, but I know it it works on your central nervous system, your sympathetic, parasympathetic, mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of helps reset it. Um, for me, I got to tell you this, um, we were talking about, um, one of the staff coming over and seeing my animals and me mm-hmm. having a, a migraine. I only, I get them very infrequently, mm. but every time I have recently, I've done Wim Hof breathing and I've totally knocked it down to a bearable point. Mm. It's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I don't know, I've told a couple of people about it and I'm like, ah, you know, yeah, it, it worked. I did an, I did an episode with Ben Dubin a while back. Yeah. And, um, of course I don't know what it is. I'll put it in the show notes. There you go. Remember everything's in um, the show notes. <laughs> it's in the show notes. Nobody ever reads the show notes. I don't actually think, yeah. uh, but anyways, uh, ben, they're going to want to on this one. I'm going to give them a to. discount code for something. So <laughs> okay, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So Ben, um, is a Wim Hof instructor yes. and he walked us Tempe through. Tempe fireman, right? Yep. He's a yeah. Tempe firefighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he walked us through, of course, a, a bunch about the physiology of it, et cetera. So right. if you want to get into the, the brass tacks of it, uh, go listen to that episode with Ben. He also, I did a part two where we, he sat us down and we went and did a session. I listened to it. It's, yeah. it's great. So if you want to follow along and have Ben kind of walk you through a session, totally. it's pretty cool. You should. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, so it's it, the, 
doing breath work is, it's one of those things that fairies kind of woo woo for a lot of people. Totally. And I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. You're right. But I think there's, there's, I mean, there's physiological benefits. And I think as a firefighter specifically, uh, the ability to manage your air and have some, have a tool that you've practiced because air management can get really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want is to be in a horrible shit, so, shit, shit sandwich. I'm just going to say that not bad. Yeah. Be in a bad place yeah. <laughs> and, and be panicking and not able to control. Absolutely. So it's something that you can practice and, and work on. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it has sort of survivability. A hundred percent does. And I, uh, I was reading or I read the book, the oxygen advantage a while back mm-hmm. about nasal breathing and, um, how that can increase, you know, help increase your VO2 max, stuff like that. Um, and Wim Hof, all, all of these things that help you manage your air, help you get in your own head to calm yourself down help and i've done um people go check out my page uh somewhere in there you'll just see some numbers written on a whiteboard and that and i when i do my skills courses right i do a time i time myself uh on air every so often and what i'll do is i will give a time to when my viral alert goes off off um or when it starts vibrating i mm-hmm. should say to when it stops vibrating and then to when I'm completely out of air and I saw an improvement in in my air management from doing nasal breathing from doing Wim Hof it was plain as day it was in the numbers you know um so I think yeah it's important and and that's not just sitting there that's working you know not that we're supposed to but working through your vibe alert till it goes off in my mind when I'm when I'm doing stuff like that i'm thinking what am i doing uh to simulate like i'm trapped and nobody's coming for me like what am i how am i doing this how can i use all this air how much air do i have right you know so i was that vibe alert's going i'm moving i'm going under trucks i'm taking my pack off i'm you know using our our, our, our wall to quote unquote breach through mm-hmm. and get through, put my pack back on, keep moving, you know, and then at the end when there's nothing, yep, I'm sitting there just met, you know, when that totally stops because you've been working that whole time. So you're amped up. Now I got to sit there and manage those last few breaths of air. Like how long can you make that last? You know, it's, I think, I think training like that is super important. Um, even if you just have your pack on, we know there's a lot of info that just came out about our turnouts, right? Um, even if, even if you just have your pack on, okay. And, and practice air management, I think there's no workaround for that. We have to do that in our profession. Um, so the, all these different modalities that seem woo woo, like you said, certainly play into the fire service. And I think we need to drop that macho woo woo idea that this stuff doesn't work. Right. Because it does. Yeah. Yeah. So physiological benefits aside, the mental aspects of discipline mm-hmm. uh, to be able to control your breath when you are hypoxic and you are uh, in an uncomfortable position mm-hmm. is really important. And that is a, an, it's in something you can exercise and train. Yeah. And so you have to work on that. You have to apply it. It's it's something that we don't, you know, specifically uh, address. Right? No, when we you're don't. Doing back and buys. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, you need to. You, you need to act, listen. You need to exercise your mind. Um, you need to. It, it's just. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it's more important than than your body. I mean, so at some respects, I, I think it it is because the strongest people break. I mean, you look at talk to or listen to Jocko or any of these people talk about the Navy SEALs, like the biggest, baddest, can I say motherfucker out there? You just did. Okay. Yes. I just did. <laughs> in, in their class would yeah. be the first to ring the damn bell right? because they don't have the mental uh, fortitude and capacity to get through these things that, that these pains, these little sneaky, like mosquito gnat things over and over again, hitting you can't deal with it. They can't do it. Yeah, they can deadlift six, seven, eight hundred pounds, 
but those little things like the little bit of cold or the little bit of sleep deprivation and, and that just can't do it. So you, you need a robust, uh, mind. You need a robust body. Yeah. You know, and I, th- and I think that's important. I mean, and we deal with so much crap on this, on this job, you know, and, and, and I've seen that coming back to being injured. Like my sleep has been so dialed in. Yeah. Um, a lot of the frustrations with certain calls I haven't had to deal with, obviously. Like I feel, I feel good, you know, and, um, I just, man, it's nice to step back and take a break and to see that. And then that's kind of like the reset. Like now, how am I going to manage this when I go forward? When I, when I come back to the truck, because I'm looking forward to coming back to the truck. Right. You know, so so. what's your, what's your plan? So you mentioned sleep and sleep deprivation is a, big part of yeah. of our health and wellness that is uh well, oxidative, problematic oxidative stress i mean that sleep deprivation our eating um our stress uh our all the exposures that we have to our carcinogens like our oxidative stress is through the roof and and i think you see that play out in in you know the increased cancer rates uh even as people leave the job you know, you, you see you guys get sick and not be able to enjoy the retirement. Mm-hmm. And that's really been a huge catalyst for me. My, you know, my dad passed away in 2008 at 60 years old from esophageal cancer. Um, he, he didn't drink, um, to excess at all, you know, drink here or there, didn't smoke, um, was quote unquote air quotes again, healthy by American standards, you know, um, and, uh, that was kind of my catalyst to be like, dang, you know, my, my dad died at a young age in my mind. Um, and he didn't have half the exposures that I have. Like, what am I doing to mitigate that? You know, so that's where fitness comes in. That's where eating right comes in. Right. Um, that's, you know, a whole bunch of the supplementation, um, you know, I, yeah, I'll give a shout out to X Endurance, right? Uh, their extreme endurance or their essential product, you know, clinically proven to reduce oxidative stress by 39% in 10 days. Like every firefighter should have this stuff in their bag. I mean, the other, you're going to increase your VO2 max too, decrease creatine kinase, like all these things that are performance improvements, but also has an impact on longevity is just huge. You know, and and I think it's it's definitely not a one tiered look. You, we can't do that. We can't just say, "Oh, dude, I'm in the gym. I'm good." Right. Like you have to look at it as a 360 approach. Like, what am I eating? What am I? How's my family life? Um, how's my mental health? Um, you know, exercise, supplementation. Um, it's it's just super important to have that whole approach, you know, because we go to the station, we eat like shit most of the time, you know, and I think comes back to atomic, atomic habits a little bit is how are we programmed? When we go to the station, what's the first thing we do in the morning? You know, obviously we put our gear on, check off the truck. Then we go in and we sit down and we eat whatever's left over from the night before. You know, we see what kind of desserts are right there left over from the night night before you know and i'm not saying that's a problem uh once in a while but again it's the microdosing over a career over 30 years of shitty eating habits um again habits bad habits you yeah. know it's like you get to the station yeah i want to see what's there i'm going to shove a bunch of crap down my my pie hole first thing in the morning you know and and then same thing like late at night i see guys you know, grabbing all the sugary stuff right before bed. I'm like, I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, man, it's not a good idea. Like we, we need to have that paradigm shift of how do we want to enjoy ourselves after our job? Like I remember day one and being so damn excited for my career. Like, let's go. Yeah. You know, I've come to the point in my career now where yeah, I still love the job, but the day that I hang up my turnout coats and walk out the door, I want to have that same excitement. Yeah, let's go and enjoy my freaking retirement. Enjoy my family, see my girls grow up, play with my grandkids. All that stuff is super important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that 
it takes work and it takes discipline. So, so let's talk about something people can do today. Right? Yeah. So we're talking about the sleep deprivation thing. Mm-hmm. The, um, I just got done reading a book called why we sleep. Yeah. Walker, Matthew Walker. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. PhD, Matthew Walker, yeah. Dr. Walker, Dr. Walker. Uh, great book. Yeah. And, um, the so I started taking a look and now I'm working in staff right so mm-hmm. you should think oh hey every night you're in your own bed you should be able to sleep but I will tell you that after you know 24 years uh, on the job I don't sleep mm-hmm. I sleep like crap and so I, th- I had to do an evaluation right what exactly am I doing wrong yeah I'm in my own bed every single night right now why am I not sleeping sleep hygiene right yeah mm-hmm. so I started so I did the self-assessment and I said okay so when I get up in the morning and I'm headed to go train, I crack a monster, right? I drink yeah. some water, but I'm also cracking a monster. And then uh, midday comes with lunch, I'll have a Coke Zero, right? Because that's my jam. And then, <laughs> and then uh, evening time, uh, I'm sitting down for dinner, come home from work. Guess what's with dinner? Another Coke Zero. Yeah. And then I'm watching TV with, with my, my uh, beautiful wife in the evening and guess what sipping another Coke zero right before bed. Yeah. So first of all, that's a whole lot of caffeine completely. It's Coke zero have caffeine. Oh, Oh, just no sugar. There's no sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So caffeine, tons of caffeine right throughout the whole day. Okay. And you think, Oh, well I've been inoculated to it. I've been drinking all this caffeine for years and years. And then all the other little things, but let's just focus on the caffeine for a second. So what I did after reading Matthew's book Mm -hmm. was I, eliminated caffeine afternoon. Beautiful. So in the morning, I still do my little morning routine every once in a while. I've tried to taper that off as well. But by noon, no more caffeine afternoon. Immediate results. Yeah. Immediately, I'm sleeping through the night. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm actually dreaming, which is, I was like, I told my wife for years, I'm like, I don't think I have dreams. And she's like, of course you have dreams. Like, I don't think I do. But- if I was, I wasn't remembering them, right. and my sleep cycles were so crappy. I was tossing and turning, throwing covers all over the place, rolling around all night, waking up feeling like a bag of smashed apples, and that's unhealthy. So I eliminate totally. the caffeine, and immediately I'm sleeping through the night. And I started to do some other things too. By 7 o'clock at night, the phone goes away, and I'm not looking at screens, and then I started... Uh, making sure that I'm in bed and this sounds like old man age to me, but I'm in bed by nine mm-hmm. and my eyes pop open at zero five mm-hmm. alarm set to five thirty, just in case I go a little longer. But that just those few little things has changed my, my sleep. Yeah. And I don't doubt the last, last few weeks since I've been playing with this feel tremendous. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Congratulations. So, thank you. I found well, yeah. so I've always I've always postulated that hey, we are all an experiment of one. Mm-hmm. Right? And you got to tinker, you got to tinker with your life and tinker with the behaviors and things that you're doing in order to make changes. Yeah. And so I'm like I've got to do the same thing. Why am I not sleeping? Let's look into it. Let's mm-hmm. do some evaluation. Mm-hmm. And I and I got to be honest with you, going into it, I was like, "Oh, I think I have um I must I, my wife's like, "Oh, you snore like crazy." So I got a little app on my phone that listens to my yeah. snoring. Guess who doesn't actually snore that much? You. Yeah. She I don't does. actually <laughs> So so it's not um uh what do they call that? Uh, apnea? Yeah, it's not sleep apnea. Yeah. I just wasn't sleeping because I was so caffeinated and so stressed. Right. My body was stressed, my mind was stressed, so I couldn't sleep. So I had to start eliminating some of those stimulants and totally. stresses. And that made a big difference. Dude, I think that's awesome. I, I you know, and, and my message, another message to anyone on the job is you cannot start dealing with any of these issues at the twilight of your career. You, I mean, hey, if you do, great. But it is going to pay dividends to start now. I'm talking about guys in the yeah, academy. Don't, don't wait like, like I did. Right. Like, <laughs> like. On your days off, we all want to party. We want to have fun. We want to do things, right? We want to do, but let's start focusing on our health so that we have longevity. And the earlier you start, the greater results you're going to see. And I th- and I think that's awesome. Yeah, my my sleep routine is a shower before bed, nice hot shower before bed. Um, lights go down. My phone at nine o'clock 
it goes to grayscale. That is kind of a mental cue to me that phone's done at nine. So same thing. Um, I try to, I, again, I try to keep it kind of dark and um, I'm in bed. You know, uh, I, I have full disclosure. I'm human, right? In my time off, I have gotten into a, a bad habit of running the TV when I'm sitting in bed mm. um, and kind of falling asleep to that. Uh, so I, I need to work on that. And normally, TV's off, no, nothing, completely dark room, a little bit of fan, um, cold, you know, all those things. And, um, you know, my, my sleep has been great and, and often I, and I track it on the whoop strap and I'm like, dang it. And what I've actually found, and I think Matthew Walker talks about in the book is me going to bed about 10, 10 and waking up at six seems to be my jam. You know, and that could be different for somebody else. Right. And that the, is completely the bio cool. rhythms that yeah. individuals have. Yeah. So, okay. So with that in mind, as you head back to shift here. Right. Uh, how are you going to manage your sleep with on shift? I still, I go to bed at the same time on shift. Um, it's, I, and my sleep routine uh, is about the same. So I, no matter what. I always take a shower before bed, a hot shower before bed, because I think there's the physiological benefit of, of that blood flow um, kind of going all over and then getting into the cold environment. And it, um, and that, forgive me, I don't remember, but they say that's very beneficial to yeah. have a hot shower and then and then get into bed in the cool air and as long as you're sleeping in a cool place, yeah. um, which fire stations are cold. So um, I always do that. Lights are off. If anything, I will read a little bit. Um, I used to do a meditation uh, before bed at the station. You know, I have my own, we have our own rooms at one, no big deal. Sit in the, sit in the bed and um, use one of those apps and just do a five minute meditation mm-hmm. and kind of downregulate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could get interrupted. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing with, with us, obviously, is some people are, are very, anticipatory of oh yeah. man we're gonna get a call tonight we're gonna get yeah. a call tonight we're, like i i'm in a i'm in a fortunate place where we're we do pretty good at night not always it's definitely busier um but you got to break that cycle of anticipation and still prep yourself for a good night's sleep yeah. um and if it happens awesome if it doesn't doesn't but the next day in this day after you need to stay in that cycle and have good sleep hygiene at home. And I think that's that's where you do get you, a win. Do you come off shift and take a nap or do you? Um, I haven't in the past, but uh, as I've kind of progressed in my career, um, I've allowed myself to take a nap if I've had a rough shift. Before I would just power through. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I, you know, my wife is kind of a catalyst of that too. She's like, yeah, you need to take a freaking nap. Um, and I, and I've said, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take, I think, what's he say? Like an hour and 30 minute nap so you can mm-hmm. get through your sleep cycles. Right. Like just run, run that nap and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I've always, when I have bad nights like that, I'll, I'll come home and, um, I just try to get through the day and yeah. I, I don't know that it's very healthy cause I'm miserable and I'm. Yeah. Chippy. And, uh, well, yeah. And that's just it, right? You're chippy. So that starts chipping away at, at your whole total wellness package, right? Your, your, your marriage and your kids and, and those things start eating at you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, you start burning those relationships up, right? Cause you're, you're come, you know, short stumbling around like a jerk. Yeah. And I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing that, and interestingly, my ability to, I I crave carbs when I'm sleep deprived. Hmm like nobody's business. Mm. So it's a, uh, so for me, I know that. And I'm like, oh, just go to sleep, dude. Bef- yeah. You know, rather than eating, yeah. you know, eat yourself into a giant weight gain cycle. Um, but for me, that's driven by that sleep deprivation. So it, uh, the, there, there's the metabolic effect of good sleep. Um, it affects your hormone regulation and all that stuff. So it's super important to get sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, coming off shift after getting your head kicked in, you need to do something. You need to you need to rest. You yeah. need to recover. Um, and I think, like you said, getting into a routine where you jump right back into that routine for the for your days off and maintain it is super important. Yeah, and I and I, um, I'll give another shout out to X Endurance. They have a great sleep product. 
yeah. deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a couple milligrams of melatonin. It's not overloaded with it. It's got five uh, HTP, valerian root, some some GABA, all all these ingredients that you try to get uh, in you know separate formulations all in one. And I one and I've given this to a friend of my wife's, not a fireman, has, has had horrible sleep, like mm-hmm. sweat, night sweats, and just destruct you know just feels horrible when she wakes up yeah and she texts me um about two weeks after and she goes this absolutely changed my sleep i am not i'm not sweating i'm sleeping through the night Hmm. um and and i've had that experience over and over again and personally i don't take it every night okay um but when like i took it last night because i knew i'm gonna podcast tomorrow you know i want to be sharp um kind of run real hard during the day and every time on my on my whoop strap again, you have a tangible, measurable result. I'm in the green, you know, mm-hmm. and and my sleep cycles, like you mentioned before, are are deeper, yeah, you know, and so your restorative sleep is just better, yeah. So you know, if, you you mentioned the whoop thing a mm-hmm. couple times. What is that? So the whoop strap is just a um, uh, a device like an Aura Ring or a Fitbit or something that that will track your um, activity throughout the day. Okay. Um, and for me, I like that. Um, I don't want to get too dialed into always paying attention to it. Like I want, I want to, Hey, how do I actually feel? Not just, Oh, I need to see. Yep. That says I had a bad night's sleep. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's useful. So do you um, wear it 24 seven? Yeah. Yeah. You wear it 24 seven. Um, huh. you can set activity. Like before I get in, in the cold plunge, there's, I hit, well, I go on my phone there's an app and it, I say, hey, I'm hopping in the cold plunge and it'll <clears throat> kind of take a snapshot of that time and really look at your heart rate and oh, strain and all that stuff. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But it does, it does a great job on sleep. And that's where for me, if, if I can see, um, if I can not only feel the result, mm-hmm. uh, but see a tangible result, a, a good a good way to do that is when you wake up, start writing down like whatever scale you want, one through five, one through 10. Like, how do you feel like you slept last night? Right. Like, uh, you know, six. And then you look and you're, you know, in, you know, 80%, you know, sleep. And you're like, man, that's pretty good. Yeah. So you start, uh, you know, getting numbers that are close to one another and, uh, you know, it's it's a great way to actually see how you feel. Yeah. No, it's kind of good. Biofeedback yeah. is huge. Biofeedback. Yeah, I, you're much smarter words than I have. <laughs> Thank you. So back in the day when I was doing endurance racing, I would, uh, I would have handwritten training journals and I would track, you know, like here's the workouts that I want to be doing. Here's how I felt. Here's how I performed. And I would document all the, you know, data points from training workouts and, and whatever the performance elements. And so I think there's a lot of value. You can talk about like committing to a practice of exercise or nutrition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like why do we jump on a scale? We want to see the trend. Yeah. Right? We want to see where our body, what our body is doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's important. I think even with sleep hygiene, like what, how did I really sleep? Yeah. You know, here I am years going on, man, I think I snore like crazy. And my wife's like, yeah, you snore. She doesn't hear me snoring because she's asleep. Right. So she only hears me snoring during certain times. Right. And uh, so all that aside, like getting the getting some measurables are really important mm-hmm. for our ability to know where we're going. And then you make adjustments. Totally. Right? You're like, hey, uh, that clearly if I go to bed at this hour and I do these things pr- prior to it, I had a great night's sleep. That one day I didn't do that, yeah. my night got wrecked. What's nice about this too is – Within the app, uh, as you when you wake up in the morning, it detects it. It's auto, yeah. auto. I don't know how what kind of voodoo is in there, but it does. It knows <laughs> like when you when you go to bed and when you wake up. I'm like, no kidding. That's like amazing. that's like right on. But there is a little journal built into it with just check marks that you oh. you can say like, yeah, I took a, a melatonin. Um, yeah, I did breath work before bed. Um, I took anti-inflammatory, but like. Like I had sex last night, right? you know, and how did that affect my, like all these different variables. And then at the end of the month, this is a great, and I have no affiliation with Whoop, but at the end of the month, it gives you a, um, uh, a record, like, and, and it'll show you like these trends helped you. These trends hurt you. 
Yeah. So it's a real nice hmm. uh, uh, overview of yeah. how something is working, especially in the sleep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. The the one thing I want to warn guys is, um, just because you had five after midnight, mm-hmm. and uh, it, there is there is a way out of that, right? Yeah. You can't you can't just say, well, I'm getting my you know I'm getting my head kicked in, so I'm resigned to never sleeping well. No. Right. You that, gotta, you gotta work on that, and and because your health depends on it, guys. Yeah, if if there's a takeaway from this podcast is to open your mind up to um, being able to look at different modalities in yeah. in 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 your career to to help you mentally, physically, um, uh, learn how to how to deregulate and learn how to set yourself up for success for not only next shift, but for the next phases of your life. Like you have to start paying attention to it. And, and, um, yeah, just if you're at a super busy station, we all know them. Those, those guys at those stations really, really need to start to pay attention to, yeah. to, to their health, their markers and what they're doing on their days off and, and how they can help their body, um, recoup. And I, I think it's huge. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big piece and pay attention to what you eat. Um, pay attention to how you exercise, to what you're putting in your body, uh, supplementation. Um, I'm going to throw a discount. I'll throw X endurance. Well, let's, so yeah, let's talk about X endurance for a second. So I know you've been doing a bunch of stuff with them as a, I have an independent business with them. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, it's, and it was, it was a story where Jason St. Clair is the CEO. He lives here in the Valley. Um, um, and uh, he reached out to me. He saw me on, on Instagram. I had an old shirt uh, from Tops. Shout out to Tops Physical Therapy. Um, Love them. Yeah, they're great. Amy and those—they're all great. But they—they uh, they were affiliated affiliated with them uh, way back in the day. So I had like an old school T-shirt, old school X Endurance logo. Uh, Jason saw it. Uh, he shot me a message and said, "Dude, I need to get you a new T-shirt." I'm like, "Sweet!" And I can uh, always use new threads. Yeah, man, I love I love T-shirts. I love swag. Like, who doesn't, right? And um, but with that, he sent the Extreme Endurance in there, and uh, I had heard about it. Uh, a couple guys at the station had used it. You know, big in the CrossFit world. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give this a whirl and see how I do." And and gosh dang it, like the first thing I noticed was I was less sore just less sore after working out, you know? And I was like, well, that's cool. Um, and then I kind of dove into the research on it and watched a couple of videos and saw the increase in VO2 max and the, the heart benefits, the anti-inflammatory benefits. And then the reduction, like we talked about the reduction in oxidative stress. I'm like, that's awesome. You know? And then honestly, I fell off again on it, on the product, ran out of product and like, eh, whatever. And, uh, Jason's credit, man, he kept on it. Like, he saw me again and um, shot me. A, I don't know if he shot me another shirt. I think he did shoot me another shirt. I'm like, this dude, you know, I'm going to reach out to him. So we had a chat and really one of the most genuine people you're, you're meet. Um, he's CEO of this company. We talked about supplements for like, man, it was like 45 minutes. I was at station just kind of walking back and forth pacing. And we went you know, deep onto, onto a lot of X Endurance's products. He said, Hey, these are a couple things we don't have. Here's what I recommend you take. Um, and right then and there, I was like, Hey man, this guy actually cares about your health. Like he, he could easily say, Oh, we can cover you, you know, A to Z. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't. And so I asked him about being an ambassador and he said, absolutely. And that's kind of how it started. Um, and then to my surprise, um, Jason and, um, Sandy Kellen, who's the founder, he is an Olympic bobsledder, uh, developed extreme endurance, asked me to speak at their summit. Um, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to speak at guys. I mean, why do you want me to speak at your summit? And he's like, just, Hey, we, we want you to speak. Um, I'm like, what topic? He's like, you pick it. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Great. You know, thanks. I'm off injured. Um, and that's what I kind of, uh, again, injury is a great teacher or it's a great provider, a gatekeeper, you know, a door opens, you know, and if you let it. And um, 
I sat down and I thought about my speech and I, that's where I thought about my dad and, um, and myself and where, where I put myself, um, you know, on the path of, am, am, am I going to let these things shorten my life? What can I do to, uh, mitigate that? And, um, that's how I came up with the speech I did about talking about your why. And, um, it, it went real well. I, 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 people, you know, came up after and said that was impactful and powerful. And, um, and I'm happy it was because I, in my mind, not for my own benefit, but if, if that moved the needle for somebody else to go, yeah, I need to, I need to implement a change and, um, and find something, you know, and it was a hard speech for me to give. Um, was that? when, well, because when I was practicing it, I was losing my shit. I was bawling when I was talking about my dad. Mm. I, I, it, it, it was, um, it was almost cathartic for me to do that mm. because I hadn't talked about it yeah. ever, Yeah, you know, uh, maybe once in a while with my wife, but never in public and shit. I got choked up up there. I get a little choked up now, you know, because that in 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 that choked up stuff is good because that's what drives you. That's what you need to drive you towards a goal and to and to um, not only drive you but to maintain your focus. You know, and um, yeah, it was a great experience all around. And then um, they asked me to be on their team and uh, or become a, 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 a distributor with them. Um, and it was an easy decision because the products are friggin' awesome. There's a lot of snake oil out there. There's a lot of companies that don't care about what they put in their products, don't care about um, living. Well, let's put it this way. They had the same mission as me. Like Part of my speech was I want to have a health span, not a lifespan. And I think that's borrowed from uh, Peter Atia or, or somebody like that. But uh, literally their slogan is live healthier longer. And, and um, you know, research dosage in their products. Um uh, just they look at the synergy between ingredients, um, all informed sport, form choice tested. I mean, it is products that are trusted by Olympic athletes, by professional athletes, and um, just aren't in there out, aren't out there in the general population as much. And they said, "Listen, dude, we'd like you to help us break into the fire service, you know, because we think it's important for that population, you know." public safety to have solid products, solid nutrition for longevity. And I'm like, that's my mission. There it is. I'm in. Well, so where, if folks want to find more information about X endurance, where would they go? They can go to my, uh, Instagram. Uh, it's just Nader vision. I have a link tree up there. Um, it'll bring you right to the page. Um, you can go to xendurance.com to check it out. Uh, I will. My discount code is Nader vision 15 gives you 15% off so you can use that um but yeah I guess we're throw <laughs> we're, we're throw something else in the show notes we're throw a link in there yep but okay. yeah yeah check out my my page um and there's the link tree there right on yeah Nate thanks brother no thank you man it was an awesome conversation always, I always good love chat it. with you definitely right on Hey, that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Nate, for being our guest on this episode. And if you are enjoying this podcast, get on over to whatever platform you enjoy most. Subscribe. This podcast will drop in the middle of the night when you least expect it. Additionally, listen to the lessons learned here today. Find things that you can do to improve your life, to find ways to make yourself more well, more tuned in. Uh, Just listen to your body. And, and be the experiment of one, don't be afraid to make changes. Go on out there and get some.